0: All right. Well, hello, everybody. Brian Zimmerman here, executive editor of Jazz's Magazine. Welcome to the Jazz's Last Call. If you're watching us on Facebook and YouTube and to the Jazz's Backstage Pass podcast, if you're listening to the audio version. Uh, Subject for today is Miles Davis, his life, his legacy. uh, And we'll be talking about Miles uh, with none other than his nephew, Vince Wilburn Jr., who is a phenomenal drummer in his own right, uh, played on some late period Miles albums as well. Uh, A lot of you have probably seen the new documentary about Miles, Birth of the Cool, which, uh, which was directed by Stanley Nelson and aired on PBS. Vince, as overseer of the Miles Davis estate, uh, played a big role in bringing that documentary to life. Ditto for the biopic on Miles, uh, Miles Ahead, featuring Don Cheadle. He is also the leader of the Miles Davis Electric Band, which features alumni from Miles' bands throughout the years. He is here. It is last call. So what do you say we go one more round uh, with Vince Wilburn Jr.? Vince, are you there? Oh, it looks like he's not. He may have disconnected. Oh, boy. Well, let me tell you. uh, Hopefully, we can get him back on. Jeff, can we work on uh, getting Vince back on? In the meantime, uh, let's see here. Well, in the meantime, we can tell you about uh, uh, some uh, exciting stuff going on for us on the last call. Uh, We'll do some programming, start with that. Tomorrow, we will be joined by drummer uh, Dave Weckl. Um, who might also be performing for with us, uh, for us rather. And on Thursday, we're going to be joined by guitarist Norman Brown, going to be talking about some uh, essential jazz guitarists and their styles. Norman is a big fan of uh, Wes Montgomery and his latest album is a nod to Wes. So uh, he'll definitely be talking about Wes Montgomery. If you're a Wes Montgomery fan, you're going to want to check it out. While we're on the subject of uh, you know things going on for us at Jazz Is, might as well let you know about our uh, summer 2020 issue, which is on newsstands now and has already mailed to subscribers. Uh, as you can see, this one is all about fusion. Uh, great cover story here on Chick Corea. Um, so this is already uh, in mailbox. Has already been uh, mailed to subscribers. Fortunately, all of the content from this issue has been digitized, turned into web articles, which can be read on our website. You will need a digital subscription to read them. Uh, but fortunately, we're offering a special subscription rate for Jazz's Last Call viewers for just 99 cents per month. For three months, you can unlock unlimited digital access uh, to every web article. So the web articles from this print issue and previous print issues plus we'll enroll you to receive a complimentary print issue come fall when we release our september 2020 issue it's all about the art of the album so listening to albums collecting albums producing albums album cover art i'm working on a story right now about album cover art and uh yeah It's gonna be a really good one. You sign up now, you get three months of unlimited uh, digital access, plus that complimentary print edition come fall. I am stalling here uh, because Vince Wilbur was on the line and you know how technology is these days. Uh, He got disconnected. But while I have you all here, uh, this is a jam session. This is The Hang if you're watching on Facebook. Why don't you write and let me know where you're watching from. Uh, if you've ever seen Miles Davis, let me know uh, where and when that was. We can talk about it here on air. Uh, let me know your favorite Miles album. Uh, well, like I said, we had a lot of questions to ask Vince uh, uh, you know, being the nephew of Miles Davis about what it was like growing up with him. Um, and yeah, we may be able to just share some Miles Davis stories uh, while we try to get Vince reconnected here. Um, I was going to ask about uh, Miles Davis's Phenomenal sound, um, and how it pretty much changed the trumpet game, uh, when he debuted with you know Charlie Parker, fresh face out of Juilliard, uh, at the end of the 40s. Um, you know, I, being a trumpet player, certainly took a lot of influence from that. And you know, again, if Miles has impacted you in any way as a listener, as a musician, feel free to write in and let me know. We'll check in with Jeff to see if we were able to get Vince back on the line. Uh, Jeff, any, any luck with that? Well, we're working, but people, uh, Mary Jackson letting us know on Facebook that the documentary was fan fa- fabulous. Uh, thanks for writing in Mary. Um, yeah, it was aired on PBS, really kind of illuminating. It showed his, his, his sense of innovation. You know, miles was a the guy, uh, there he is. <laughs> Vince, how you doing, man? Sorry about that. You already know how I'm doing. Technology. Technology. Crazy. Crazy. Do it. All right. Hey, appreciate you joining us again. Um, Vince Wilburn, everybody. Hey, man, we can get right into things. Uh, People have already started writing in with some questions, uh, letting you know that they thought the documentary was fantastic. But uh, I want to start with some nuts and bolts. Uh, You are Miles Davis's nephew, grew up in Chicago. Miles, as we all knew, came from the St. Louis area, really downstate Illinois. How exactly uh, were you related? So your father was who? His brother?
1: My mom and okay. Miles a brother and sister.
0: Okay. Very nice. Mm-hmm. And so how often would you see him? Because you were living in Chicago. He must have been in New York most of the time, right?
1: I would see him when he would perform in Chicago. Okay. You know, he would come to the, the auditorium theater or... Plug Nickels, it was a jazz club on North Wells in Chicago. Sure. And my parents would take me in. But I never wanted to sit in the audience. I wanted to hang out in the wings backstage, you know. And so while my parents sat in the audience, I, I got a bird's eye view from the side of the stage.
0: Very cool. Was that was some of your earliest memories of your uncle, was seeing him from the side of the stage yes. like that? Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Very yeah. Nice. But I
1: was always gravitated toward, gravitate toward the drummers, you know. Whatever drummer he had, I was focused on that. Interesting. Mesmerized.
0: Oh man! And 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 Miles really spoke uh, quite a bit about the connection between trumpet and drums, right? In my opinion, Miles always really had seemed to have a special connection with his drummer. Um, would you say that was the case? <laughs> he said
1: when he when he was a boy, he and his and his and his friends they'd go down on the riverboat and check out the you know the bands that would come through East St. Louis and St. Louis, you know, down yeah, on the river and. And if the guy wasn't setting his drums up right, setting his drums up right, they would need <laughs> just wow. so that, they didn't even hear him play.
0: No, that's what it was. High standards. And I think you can hear maybe he had to be in cool setting his
1: drums up.
0: Yeah. I think it's the rhythmic sense of Miles' playing. Uh, you know, made Trose. his link with the drummer so strong. Um, you know, Miles, in my opinion, just really prioritized rhythm. Um, in his soloing, in his improvisation. And so his rapport with the drummer was always so, so strong. Um, would he encourage you to listen to certain drummers?
1: Yeah, he, he um, definitely, you know, they, they used back in the day, they used to have um, record regional guys to, to work record, record labels. And um, it was back then it was Columbia Records. And there was a man named Granville White. We called him Granny. And okay. Granny would always bring stacks of records to my parents home. And um, he instructed Granny to bring me Sly and the Family Stone. He loved Buddy Miles, so it was the Band of Gypsies, Al wow. Jackson, the Immortal, Otis Redding, and the big payback, James Brown.
0: Of course. He told
1: me to listen to those records, so I listened to them, like, you know, religiously.
0: Okay very cool and then how about you know in the jazz vein were there certain drummers you were listening to you to to kind of craft that style was it mostly drummers playing with miles or a little bit of everybody
1: well it was, it was a, a little bit of everybody growing up in chicago there was it was so many drummers and so much music and all types of music to choose from and when you were young you had to be able to 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 learn and pick up on the you know pick up right. on these these different um different styles of music so my boys and I, we would go to the jazz showcase, Joe Segal's jazz showcase and see, you know, see who was playing uh, the Ivanhoe Theater. I mean, the, the auditorium. So we would hang out backstage and get tickets, you know, yeah, like man. A Return of Forever or Lenny White. Or those cast, you know, <laughs> came to town or or Billy Cobb. man, we'd be front row, Jack, all drummers.
0: <laughs> yeah. Beautiful, man. No, I, I and it sounds like you were more you were into the R&B uh, kind of and Chicago had a phenomenal R&B soul scene. Was that your scene growing up?
1: I was into everything. Yeah. I, I had a, I had a, I, I was in a band called Time, Space, and Distance, and we thought we were Earth, Wind, and Fire. You know? <laughs> and we had a cat yes. playing vibes, and we had outfits, and uh, uh, we had fog, and we opened up for Cool in the Gang. I'll never forget. They they smoked us too at a place called a High Chaparral. Yeah. But um, no, man, we you you know, and and we would just be trying to we were trying to play, trying to play anything. Cats everything, at right? Us, you know, yeah, everything.
0: Beautiful, man. And hey, I just before we go on, I want to remind people watching, um, if you want to say hello to Vince, let them know where you're watching from. Uh, I want to know if you've seen Miles. Uh, let me know where, let me know when, let us know your favorite Miles album. Feel free to ask a question. We will get to it on air for sure. Yeah. So, you know, Miles coming through Chicago, he was your uncle. I spoke with T.S. Monk last night and he said, you know, in person with Miles, you know, he was just all this public persona—he never saw any of it. He was just a real dude, an honest guy, nice—you uh, know, a real sweetheart. What was he like with you as an uncle?
1: He was—he was—he was honest, yeah, he was loving. He had a sense of humor, but but, but first and foremost, it was all, always about the music—the sincerity of the music, taking the music seriously. The music comes first, and and that's what he stressed. Yeah. And he made us all better musicians. Anybody who's worked with him and, and think outside the box, you know, to 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 evolve, you know, don't get locked in into one style and don't get locked into to, to you, you want to make the music greater every night, even yes. on records when we're in the studio.
0: Right, that's what I've heard about people who have played with Miles. He really supported his his musicians, a real champion of his musicians, of his bandmates, and always pushing, always pushing. Because just like you said, you know, Miles came up in bebop. You know, went through the cool jazz, hard bop. Thing. He could have, he could have stayed in any one of those styles. You know, he could have just stayed. He could have been a, a bop artist. He could have been a post bop artist. But knowing the man, knowing you know Miles Davis, the man, what do you think of, it was about his personality? That made him always want to keep innovating, always trying something new.
1: Well, he's a double Gemini, you know. <laughs> I, I live with yeah. him and my cousin Aaron in Malibu and, and I always repeat this, this story. He changed clothes six times a day. I don't wow. know anybody to this day who changes clothes <laughs> uh uh six five, six times a day, but that's how his mind worked. You know, he right. was always he would he would he would always he was always moving, you know, from the time he woke up. Time he went to sleep, it was it was like music. The trumpet was there, the piano, uh, the television with the sound down. Art, you know, he had a big canvas on on the yeah. on, on the dining room table. He would paint, and it was always some music that he was working on, something that he liked playing in the background. You know, they'd be go swimming up at Pepperdine, you know, right. But um, it was you know you could when you're around somebody like that, creative like that, you 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 can see it and you can sense it. And hopefully it, it, some of it rubs, rubs off on you.
0: you know? Absolutely. And, you know, one of the things a lot of musicians talk about with regard to Miles and his style and his music is, you know, the big word that comes up is space, right? The space, the silence, embracing the silence. Um, was this something you ever saw him talk about or, like, actively try to cultivate? Or do you think, you know, embracing silence was just his natural way of playing music and hearing things? No, he,
1: he never Never, never even discussed it. You know, yeah. space just, it's just, just, it was just wherever he wanted to take us. You know, yeah, just create, creative. You know, um, you know, he, he figures if you don't have anything to say at that time, then don't say anything. You know, but I don't, I never had a discussion with him about space. And then, at yeah. the top of the show, I just want to say that Aaron Davis and Cheryl and I are, are part of the Miles Davis Properties, right? And we produced the documentary in Miles Ahead. not just me
0: that's right that's right yep um very cool yeah so when you when you kind of uh you know you're listening to the music of miles davis um where do you generally fall on the timeline of albums you keep coming back to again again again
1: me personally yes (laughs) i go man i I could go from i can go from kind of blue yeah on the corner argata to 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 um, to, uh, to alive evil to to you know uh, 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 I can go I could go to to sketches of Spain you know get up with it you know I, I mean it just depends on what mood I'm in you know because all those all those records uh, uh changed my life you know mm. part of my creative. Part of me trying to be
0: creative yeah and, and change the game as well do you remember do you recall when you know an album like bitches brew dropped which you know essentially revolutionized jazz and kind of broke open the fusion era um do you remember getting a, your hands on a copy of that album and spinning it for the first time
1: yeah w- w- yeah when i when i listened to bitches brew when i was a kid i didn't really understand it but mm. but it was something that i knew i should i should listen to because I always was trying to push myself and it was very progressive and it was hypnotic you know right so I would just sit in the basement in my mom and dad's house and, and, and as the records were, were delivered you know to the house right I'd get them because we'd get them before they were released and I'd put it on and I was like man you know and then it seems like every time Uncle miles did a did a, did a, a record he'd move he would move on to something else so it was just obviously progressively
0: getting uh getting a lesson
1: you know right 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 and it what was exciting you? it
0: was exciting oh, absolutely what I'm curious as to what you two bonded over you know outside of music uh, because it's obvious you know you're a drummer you know he's miles Davis um you were to go on to play in his groups later but you know just nephew to uncle what did you guys bond over
1: we bonded over anything you know you know Uncle miles would would you know? We could discuss and talk about anything. He's he, you know, something as 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 small as we were on a flight once, and he said, always when you take when you eat, have soup, take the spoon away from the bowl. You know. <laughs> yes. I mean things that I would have never thought of, and and um, I used to ask him to play chords on a piano because you know he was, you know, his voicings were really really amazing to me. And just things about you know just about life and he was always this, he was in a, it was a businessman and he knew how to to, to move uh, uh, to take care of stocks and, 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 and accounting and super intelligent you know great at math my mom said when he, when he was younger mm. you know and then fashion you know he hated you know if we wore some things on stage he didn't like he would let us hear it. you know he would tell us right away. I remember I had the on some were Nike not gear, like Nike, Nike yeah. sock, Nike, Nike pants, and he said, "I he looked like he said he looked like an FN walking billboard." <laughs> so I ran to change, you know, because we were we were gathering in the dressing room before we went on stage. You
0: know? Right, right, little huddle, uh, like
1: get that get that pep talk.
0: Right, you know? where did he get that but, sense um, of fashion from?
1: Well, my grandfather
0: was, was ah, okay
1: very dapper and my, my grandfather's brothers were, were like that you know so and my grandmother was like that his mom my parents were like that so you know it, it, was, it was about being proud and black and elegant
0: you know that's right man hey we got a question from a youtube viewer fred who wants to know uh i always wondered if miles practiced trumpet much if he was disciplined about it or not at all he would say it was so spontaneous Practice, practice, yeah.
1: Practice. He ha, he played his trumpet every day. Yeah. I mean, not like scales and things, but practice. Yes.
0: He Always play playing the horn. He was right.
1: Trying to work out. Oh yeah, the trumpet was close to him. You know.
0: That never, beautiful never, Martin never committee. That beautiful Martin right. committee. And a yeah. A few
1: of them. He had flugelhorns and, and and all different colors. But yeah. the, the, the main trumpet was was um, he had one with the black and gold That's crescent right. stars, and then he had a red one. Then that, that he carried he carried two trumpets around.
0: As a trumpet player, he was a major influence on me, you know, if only for the sound, his tone. Um, because, you know, when he came onto the scene at the end of the 40s with Charlie Parker, you know, replacing Dizzy Gillespie, a lot of players in that Dizzy Gillespie camp, that Bob camp, you know, trumpet was like all about screaming. It was very muscular up in the upper atmosphere. You know, Dizzy Gillespie, Fats Navarro, that was the style. And it was so refreshing to hear someone like Miles come along. Um, and really, just kind of cool things out. He had a tone that was almost vulnerable, you know, like whispering. Um, and again, not crazy about the range. Um, he uh, yeah, didn't have a crazy extreme range, but really eloquent in the way he phrased things. Um, so for us trumpet players, absolutely changed the game in terms of how a trumpet can can speak. Um, and ditto for the harmon mute, which. A lot of people don't remember that wasn't a thing really uh, prior to Miles adopt adapting it for uh, his trumpet. Um, do you know the story of the harm? Why he started playing with the the Harmon? <laughs>
1: no, no, I, I don't know. I know I, I have one of them, and, and um, I used to love him to play. You know, I used to love, of course, being on stage and, and listening to that sound, you know, that was yeah. that was one of his. his uh, you, know, you knew it was Miles when you hear that.
0: Absolutely, and, and,
1: and, and, and in the um, in the set list, our second song was blues, like a slow blues, and he would yeah. he would have a wireless mic with that Harmon mute, and and you can see the the audience wherever we were in the world, they were like hypnotized, yeah, by that 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 sound, you know, and, and especially outdoors. we we play in the outdoor uh, uh, amphitheaters, and it was pretty amazing, you know? something I'll never forget.
0: Prior to Miles, it was kind of like a special effect. You know, That's how the players in the big band use it as a special effect. And Miles kind of really embraced it, made of his own unmistakable sound. Um, very it was cool. His voice. It was his voice. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. Uh, the kind of gravelly, yeah. Um, Vince, when no, did you I'm, start? I'm,
1: I'm talking about the mute. That, that sound was his voice.
0: Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, when You yeah. hear that harmon mute. You, you know, know, it's, know it's You know it's you Miles, Miles. yeah. Um, when did you start playing with Miles? Vince?
1: 1984.
0: Okay. Was it a record that he first brought you on for, or was it a tour? Oh, I'm
1: sorry, I'm sorry. I did Man with the Horn with my friend Randy Hall and Felton Cruz and Bobby Irving.
0: Okay. And that was in
1: 1980. Gotcha. But we, we didn't, tour, I didn't tour until like 84.
0: And how did Miles just call you up and say, you know, nephew, it's time?
1: Well, it started with, we were doing a, a track called uh, um,
0: Human Nature. Oh,
1: sure. And um, and uh, we were in New York and, and I, I, you know, he asked, he said, I want you to play on this and, you know, you don't you don't have time. You don't say, you don't even think about saying no. So I just had, I sat on a, I had the drum set up. It was another kit set up and I borrowed a guy named Buddy Williams, great drummer from New York. I, I brought his kit. We were at the record plant, I think. a and R in New York, somewhere. And um, after we cut, Human nature. We were working on that record. You're under arrest. Then uh, we made some changes and, and went out on tour. You know, and, and uh, that was that was that. You
0: know? Gotcha. And what was Miles' persona in the recording studio as a band leader? Was it all business, or did you give players a lot of room? It
1: was. It was. It was. He wanted. He wanted you to be you in the studio and on stage, but he gave you direction. You know what I mean? Hmm. And then he let you be free to, to, uh, to, to, to bring, you know, to, to, to ex- express yourself, but it was always under his directions. That's why you always say, see directions of music by Miles Davis in the studio that he was one of the only artists to go let the tape run, you know? Uh-huh. So, cause he, he said, you find uh, um, melodies inside of, of melodies. So, you know, a lot of times he, he would get songs out of, out of having the tape run. And and every 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 um, every day we would record. We would take the dailies over to his house, and he would listen to them. And then the next, next day, we would, you know, he'd have something else for us to try, or he would do, uh, to 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 uh, you know to to uh, build on. Right. Know? Lenny White had a great story on Bitches Brew. When they did Bitches Brew. He didn't know what it was going to sound like, and neither did any of in, in the guys in the on the record until they picked up the, the final
0: copy, you know. Right. So. Yeah, I've heard the same from Jason Miles, you know, who played yeah. on some of the later yeah. stuff. Oh yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, with Marcus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, Very cool, and let me again just remind everybody watching If you have a question for Vince About Miles, about the Miles Electric Band, uh, about the Documentary, Birth of the Cool, or about The biopic that just came out uh, Let us know, feel free to write it in We can absolutely try to get to it On air Um, Speaking of the Miles Electric Band, Vince, how long have you been Leading this group?
1: Since 2000 2009 Okay and I'm it's, it's it's a band full of it's a, it's a band full of leaders, so it's like you know, I just uh, try to get gigs for us. Um, it started off as a as a tribute to Miles at a place called Sunset Junction here in L.A. It's a festival, and then it just morphed into um, touring, man. And, and all these guys are badass. Yeah, you know, Daryl, yeah, you know, just. The list goes on, man. I, I,
0: yeah, because it's kind of a rotating, uh, you know, yeah, cast well, of characters, yeah, right? Yeah,
1: yeah, it, it's 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 whoever I can get, whoever's available, because everybody's working, you know. Everybody's right. touring, you know. Right. So the bass chair floats, trumpet chairs is 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 wide open, but all the top trumpeters and out in in jazz, you know, because yeah, everybody man. loves this music. But what we're not doing is we're not playing, we're not trying to replace that that historic music. We're just giving our interpretation of the music. You know, we can never never nor would we want to you know try to step on those cats toes you know
0: so right yeah it, i think herbie
1: hancock once told me he said you know your uncle will be proud of you because what you're doing you're interpreting it your way you're not trying to play it the way we played it
0: you right mean, that,
1: was, that was the biggest compliment you could ever receive
0: you know? absolutely herbie, has herbie played with the group
1: no he was at the he was at the hollywood bowl when we played a couple of years ago gotcha but we're in the studio now lenny white and i are producing uh okay
0: record. new project and, coming out soon
1: yeah, man, but we can't. You know, of course, we can't release it because right, right, because of uh, the pandemic. But um, the single "Hail to the Real Chief" did make the soundtrack for "Birth of the Cool." Yeah,
0: and that's, okay, that's pretty, pretty cool. So cool. You can check it out. Yeah, know. very nice, very nice. Um, you know, I am curious about the Miles Ahead biopic. Um, it's, it's a
1: documentary now. No, no the, not not a biopic. It's the Miles Ahead with with Don Cheadle. Don Cheadle. It's it's not a biopic. Okay. Uh, Cheeto just Don wanted to just do something, the like the day in the life of, or, or something right. exciting, two three days when Miles loses his music. But he he didn't he didn't want to go the biopic direction, like you know Ray and some
0: of the other I see guys. what you're saying. I mean, yeah, some of the other biopics, more so. like a memoir. You know, a little right, slice. Yeah, more yeah. like a, he yeah. wanted an action film kind of. Thing. Right. <laughs> uh, I heard Don learn to play though a little bit for that. For that, oh, yeah, yeah, uh,
1: yeah. You yeah, study with a, a guy out here from Chicago. He lives here. His name is Fernando Pula. Okay, but Don plays bass
0: too. Plays bass. I know he played a little saxophone. Very knowledgeable guy. Um, I'm sure you've come across, you know, in your field of work, all kinds of non-jazz celebrities who are just love Miles Davis, who adore Miles Davis. You know.
1: Yeah, I mean, everybody loves Miles. <laughs> what What musician? Name another musician that's played with Charlie Parker and Prince. Yes. It Kind of sums it up, you know. Yeah, man. But but Miles is universal. Miles it, it's a, it's, a, it's, yeah, than, it? you know, it's it's a it's more than you know it's 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 a way of life. it's it's the coolness. It's a cool factor, you know. Yes. Yeah. You, know, but, you, you like his cars, you like his clothes, you like his music, you know, he's cool. You
0: know? And he I mean played with everybody from Charlie Parker to Prince. And I'm imagining listened to everybody, right? I mean, the guy... Part, yeah, classical.
1: Yeah. He, to everything. Everything. he was yeah. a sponge. Yeah. You know, he was a sponge.
0: Yeah. Um, was there any music that he wasn't exactly hip to, or... No. no he, it, could find, it, he, he could find it, the he, beauty in he, anything. Yeah,
1: yeah, definitely. Yeah. He, I mean, you know, Toto, Scritty Politti, Cameo, Prince. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, it was a group called Um, uh, You know, he just dug music, you
0: know. Yeah.
1: He loved music. And um he hip us to things that 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 I I wasn't hip to, you know. And um a lot of people didn't know he loved R and B, loved James Brown. Really loved James Brown.
0: Yeah, Sly love Sly, James Brown. I know those were major influences, you know, on 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 the corner. Um
1: He loved all types of music.
0: Yeah. And, you know, the public persona, the Prince of Darkness persona, like you say, that T.S. Monk helped expel last night. Um, you know, do you have any memories of Miles, you know, of him being with you that, again, show a different side of Miles?
1: You mean like what, what do you mean, like Prince of Darkness? that kind
0: of? Thing? No, n- not like that, because then that that was the public persona. You know, he was just, you know. Man about town. Uh, He had that Prince of Darkness mark. But again, the memories of you know him being Uncle Miles with you.
1: I mean, you know, you know, Brian. It's just, it's just somebody who was trying to change the world. You know, he was put on earth to a leader to change the world and be proud of being black. He was was proud of having his 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 his, uh, his African American his black wives on album covers. You know old black. He didn't take any mess. Um, right. but but first and foremost, it was the music. It was the music. You know. If if he if he dug you, you you know, he would he would bring you in. You know. If he didn't dig you, he would never speak to you, you know. He didn't like phony people. Right. He didn't like to be BS. He didn't like, you know, he could he could sense it right away.
0: Right, you right, know,
1: right. If you're honest, if you were trying to play the music, if you were trying to, you know, do Something with your life, that's that's he could see
0: it oh, very nice, man. Um, the latest, of course, is uh the documentary Birth of the Cool by Stanley Nelson. There's been so much written about Miles, there have been plenty of documentaries on Miles. Do you feel this one is different? Do you feel this one shows a, a more complete picture of him, a different side of him?
1: Yeah, I, I think Stanley, I, I, uh, my family, you know, Aaron and Cheryl, and all of us, we applaud Stanley. Applaud Stan. Because, um, you know, when we met with Stanley, he said, listen, I'm going to, I'm not going to sugarcoat anything. You know, I'm going to give, you know, give it, you know, I'm going to do it. You know, he said nuts and bolts and whistles, bells and whistles. That's what he said. Yeah. And we didn't see anything. We didn't see the dailies. We didn't, we weren't privy to go to in each other's interviews. I couldn't go to Quincy's house. I couldn't go to Herbie's house. Aaron couldn't come to my house. I, and Aaron, I couldn't go to Aaron's, my cousin, Cheryl, my cousin. And so we didn't see anything to the night before we were to go to Sundance, and he sent us all the clip, the link. And what it was about ten at night, and Stanley's in Harlem, in New York. And when we, when I received it personally, I, I put it on and I watched it on my computer, and I cried. Wow! You know because it was honest. You yeah. know, You know the, the drugs, of course, is public, and 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 and, and the spousal abuse that we don't condone, and is public and, and um but 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 what Stanley did portray that he was a man about the music, you know. Right. You know, right. I mean, you know, sometimes geniuses are, are complex and, and you can't oh. figure them out, you know. But um you know I, I um I love the documentary. And every time I, we, we we toured it and we hit all the film festivals. And um, I've, must, I've watched that film probably about 35 times or more. And every wow. time I see it, I get something out of it. And it's on Netflix now. And I'm, I am still watch it.
0: That's right. Yeah, so people yeah. watch it. You go check it out on Netflix after yeah. this interview. Uh, it is a, a beautiful documentary. It showed really how Miles, just like you said, was always innovating. Very you know?
1: well-received, Brian, right? yeah. you know? Yeah. And, and it was cool because, like, different audiences would react different, you know? like we tend to talk back to the audience in, in, <laughs> like in Atlanta and you, know, you go to certain cities and, but it was cool. You know, you go up to Oakland and then you go, but it, South Africa, we went to South Africa, man. We, 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 uh, we viewed it in Soweto.
0: Yeah. Wow. That was
1: pretty heavy.
0: Man. That's powerful. Man. Really,
1: really powerful and heavy, you know, and, uh, very well received. We were nominated for a Grammy and we lost to Beyonce <laughs> <laughs> So maybe if go, lose <laughs> well, hey, you got Well,
0: hey, you know, if you're going to lose to anybody, yeah, yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah.
1: But um, yeah, yeah. Shout out to, to Stanley Nelson and Nicole London and, and all the fire.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. People definitely going to want to check that one out. And the on soundtrack's
1: Netflix. out on, 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 on Legacy. So. Yeah.
0: Okay, beautiful. And speaking of soundtracks, so you were also involved with the recent album um, of kind of like remakes and tribute songs, correct? I'm drawing a blank on the name of it. Um, it's
1: Rubber Band. Rubber Band.
0: Rubber Band. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was the that was the re-release, uh, the yeah. previously unissued. Yeah. Yes. That
1: um, music that was recorded in 1985. Okay. That never came out.
0: Okay. Why did it sit so long? Do you song- know?
1: Well, when, when Uncle Miles wanted to do, he wanted a radio-friendly hit, right? Song. Okay. So he reached out to my friend Randy Hall and Zane Giles, my friends. And, um, and um, right at that time, Tommy LaPuma, who was at Warner Brothers wanted Uncle Mouse to go in another direction, so that's why he suggested Marcus and and then and that Tutu, Amandala, and, and, and those records came, Dingo. So, Morna Rhino, they contacted the family and they wanted to release this, 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 this music, because people were still asking about it, and we were playing Rubber Band and Tutu, all that music live, you know, right. we were doing, in the concerts. So, Aaron and I decided that it sounded dated, it sounded 80s, so we wanted to kind of bring it up to to, 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 you know, to now, to current. And so we reached out to Randy and, and Zane and every, each of each one of us, we have studios, recording studios. And so we, we, we uh, went back in our labs and we came up with, with the uh, rubber band of life and, 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 and progressive, more progressive and, and up-to-date we reached out to see Layla Hathaway, you know, and, and, it was beautiful. I, I think the record was was, was uh, I'm very proud of it. Randy's proud of it. We all proud of it. Aaron Aaron loves it, and and my girl Layla and my girl Letty, you know, they, they did the thing. You
0: know? Absolutely, man. No, everyone is absolutely smoking on it. Um, and and every
1: everybody at everybody involved.
0: You know. Sorry. Yeah. No. 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 I, involved in the record. I'm just agreeing wholeheartedly, and uh, you know so rare to be able to. hey
1: brian i want to say this you know people think that the let that that the family that we're putting records out everything that miles ever wanted to do is because he wanted to do it right you know what i mean it's not like aaron and i are sitting up or whatever thinking about well we should put the funk out we should do this the funk. it's like this is where miles wanted to go when he wanted to go there you yeah. know what I mean? So what we're trying to do, we're trying to stay progressive with the times. That's why we did everything's beautiful with Robert Glasper. Right. Uh we're we're working on a project with Q tip in the studio.
0: Wow. Um, Tribe Called Quest, okay. Yeah, man, yeah. Q Tip's
1: a monster, man, genius. And and what we're trying to do what we're trying to do is just move the music progressively forward.
0: Well, it's so not clear not trying that... to be miles. Right. I mean? Right. Know,
1: just just, you know, with the respect.
0: Well, and I have no way of knowing, but it seems like that's something Miles would be doing now. I mean, you look at the tail end of his career, what he was getting into. It was kind of the prototype for what you're seeing with your Kamasi Washingtons, your Terrace Martins, you know, your Robert Glaspers. That's, in my opinion, where Miles was heading. I mean, he was open to that stuff. He was laying the groundwork for it. Yeah,
1: yeah. Everybody, everybody, you know, Kamasi's used to play in my band and, uh, at house in Venice, you know, and I talked to Terrace yesterday and, you know, Robin, every, all of us are friends, you know, and, yeah. and these, these, this is the next cats, you know, and they're, they're out there and they're doing something. Thundercat, right. you know, uh, Ron Brunner Jr. and Derek Hodge, all those guys, man. Yeah. And, um, Miles would probably be, you know, checking these guys out, checking out everybody out, you know, and I dig them. I'm big fans of all of this. progressive. Jack yeah. White, I, I'm digging everybody. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> you know, um, he was open and, and it keeps us open and Aaron and I open. Right. You know, because that's what we learn from
0: him. Right. Shout out, by the way, to Neduzo Makatini, uh, uh, viewing, watching on Facebook, a phenomenal piano player. Um, Neduzo. Thanks Africa? for It's from South Africa. Yeah. Man, he's I watching. Just, I
1: just texted him. <laughs> Lenny White told there me. There you go. Him, so we're going to work together. See, oh, beautiful. How the world, yeah, that's how yeah, it works, hopefully.
0: man. Yeah. We, uh, we
1: texted each other earlier.
0: see the magic wow. we make happen at Jazz's. What's going on in Juju's, though? Yeah. Um, yeah, man. So you mentioned there was something in the works from the Miles Electric Band, um, possibly an album to look forward to a little bit later. Anything no, we, else? We recorded.
1: We, okay, we, it's in the we, can. He recorded it.
0: Oh, beautiful.
1: We, we just, Lenny's got to mix it, and okay. I've got to go to New York to mix with him, but it's got John Schofield, Ron Carter, Pedrito Martinez, Vernon Reed. Wallace is on it. My brother, who we lost
0: yes, a few months yes.
1: ago. Antoine Roney. I mean, it's Quentin Zoto, Emilio Modis. Uh, it's, it's just a bunch of bad cats on there, man. Oh, so we did it in New Jersey. We recorded it in, in New Jersey.
0: Okay. Yeah, rest in peace to Wallace. You know, again, one of the few apprentices that Miles kind of really took under his wing. Um, did you get to witness that friendship a little bit of Wallace and Miles? Yeah, I played yeah. with Wallace. Yeah, yeah we yeah. played
1: together with- the, the first gig we did at Sunset Junction, Wallace was playing.
0: Oh, beautiful. Yeah,
1: yeah. Wallace—they were. Wallace is, is is was was very close to me. And, and I
0: what was so yeah, what was so, yeah. what what was so amazing was that he could take that sound, you know, that obviously you know originated in Miles, but do his own thing with it. You yeah, know, his brother really. plays.
1: We we play together, Antoine. Oh, okay. And and Wallace's son is a, is, a, is an incredible trumpeter. Yeah. And then his nephew, who's Antoine's son, Kojo Roney, is a drummer. It is like. Yeah, so this the lineage. You
0: know? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, um, you know everything's beautiful. We brought that album up. Feature Miles Davis's artwork. Um, some people know, but I don't know if enough people know. He was he was a phenomenal artist, painter. Um, is there? Have you been the state been doing much with his artwork?
1: Yeah, we we had a, uh, a a museum, moving museum called We Want Miles. Okay. We and we, it was in Brazil. It was in the in Montreal. And uh, was it was in Paris, and I think the first week in in, in Brazil, it was like six hundred thousand people attended the, the, this uh, this museum wow. with this art. It's like a walk through his life. Yes. So we'll, Aaron and, and Cheryl and, and our, our manager Gerald Porter and I we're, we're considering doing another coffee table book and touring the art. You know, it's expensive and you have to have it insured. So
0: right. But Did he always paint? Did he? As long as you know, you as know long him? As I Sometimes, yeah, yeah. Sketched. He
1: sketched. Yeah, Started sketching, the sketches moved on to uh, to canvas. You know, it's like he you know graduated Some yeah. sketchbooks, then paper, then you know, then, then, then big canvases. And then when he then I, I remember Lionel Richie came over and, and uh, wrote him a check for one of them. He said, "I have another one for you tomorrow." <laughs> right. he wrote a big check. It came out the uh, Right. Oh, he very has nice. a couple. I think he wow. a piece, he, he wrote a. He painted on Quincy's shirt too. There's a picture of him painting on one of Quincy's shirts.
0: Wow, man. Yeah. And some of that arc, like you said, is featured in that album. Everything is beautiful. There's uh, lithographs on lithographs yes.
1: on, on the website.
0: Yes. And how about how about the boxing? I know you had that in common with him, right?
1: Yeah, he loved boxing. Love I, I, I try to box it for cardio, but but you know, he would he would box at a, at a gym called Gleason's in New York. Okay. And he would that's how he would keep in shape, you know, and, and wear those cool. Cool suits, you know, <laughs> Brooks Brothers suit But no, man, he was he was definitely into boxing. Yeah, you know? and we would watch Aaron and I, and and Uncle Miles would watch boxing. You know, you he, he, pop some popcorn and, and watch some boxing. And we used to go to the Forum too and, and watch watch the fights. And he, of course, he was at the Ali-Frazier fight, you know? so he was very very fan, big fan of, of boxing and and. Um, and uh, and Mike Tyson and Sugar Ray, yeah. uh Robinson and all those guys, he loved them too, you know. I remember I ran into Mike Tyson at a club and, and uh he wanted to call Uncle Miles, you know.
0: Wow. So man. I gave him the number. Even Mike, even Iron Mike is yeah. a fan. Yeah. 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 Very cool. Well, uh, Vince, man, like I said, this has been an absolute pleasure talking with you. Uh, you know, I've, I have as a trumpet player and as a jazz fan, as a person with ears, you know, I love the music of Miles Davis. And thank you for what you're doing, man, to help continue his legacy, to help protect his legacy. Um, the documentary was awesome. The movie was awesome. The albums were awesome. And I look forward to the Miles Davis Electric Band album uh, coming out soon, we hope.
1: Cool, man. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Brian. You and are I just very want welcome. For, yeah. For our, for our audiences and for musicians and beat makers and get, get 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 a hold of us, man. Hit us on 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 the uh, site.
0: Okay. Miles. Yeah. Where Davis. people Com. where can people follow along? You know, they want to know on, what's going on with this I'm name.
1: on uh, Neff of Miles on Instagram and uh, Miles Electric Band is, is the website, and you could hit Aaron and I on, on milesdavis.com. Merch. Okay. You want to contact us? Um, if you got some ideas, you got some you know, just hit us up. Because a lot of times people think that we're not accessible, that the music's not accessible. But we're always we're champions of music, of moving the music forward. And that's right. what we're about.
0: Right. Know? I so just call...
1: um, hook it up with uh, Jay Dillon's brother.
0: Wow. You know, okay.
1: Happens, so you know, I mean, we're into it. You know, we're into it.
0: No, I believe. Hey, Why Jay Dill- Dillon. Very cool. Calling all beat makers. Uh, you want to throw something Musicians, under your mouth? Musicians, beat makers, music- you know, <laughs> dancers.
1: You know, we want to, we want to you know, we're in, we're in the times now, man, we, we need to, music heals. We need yes. this music. Yes. You know, music is universal. Yeah. You know, so hopefully we can.
0: And that's why I'm so curious, you know, how someone like Miles would be riding this out right now, probably making a lot of music, yes, or?
1: Who knows? You know, yeah. I, I'd hate to say, you know, but but he's, um, you know, just probably trying to change the world like he did.
0: Yes, he did. Yes, he did, man. Well, Vince, I sincerely appreciate it, man. Um, I will let you get going, and like I say, thank you for all this important work um, protecting Miles Davis's legacy, his brilliance, his genius. Um, appreciate it, man.
1: Hey, man, we thank you, man. Aaron Cheryl, and I thank you, Brian. It's great talking to you, man.
0: You're very welcome. Stay safe. You too. And like
1: like Ron Carter says, wash your hands.
0: <laughs> That's it. That's it. we're down here Where's in Florida, mask? man. We are Where's down here mask? in Florida. I've got the windows sealed off, man. I'm not letting any. Th- I'm not taking Wear any chances. Wear your mask, bro, your mask people. You know what I mean. That's Come exactly right. Right. <laughs> I got it. Here it is. Where yeah. You yeah. Man? All right, yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Peace, man. <laughs> man, That's stay care. Happy. All right. You're very welcome. All right, bro. So long. Wow. Thank you to Vince Wilburn Jr. uh, for coming on the last call today. Got over some technical hiccups, but we made it work doing some really, really important work with protecting legacy of Miles Davis. Uh, That documentary, Birth of the Cool, is out right now. You can check it out on Netflix. Uh, Miles Ahead featuring Don Cheadle is out right now. You're definitely going to want to check that out. Uh, Everything is Beautiful, the album by Robert Glasper, featuring remixes of Miles' songs by the likes of John Schofield, Erica Badu, uh, Stevie Wonder. It is out now. Uh, Rubber Band, this incredible album that uh, Vince helped put together previously unreleased, Miles Davis tracks, is out now. There's so much Miles to listen to right now. Uh, So you're going to go ahead and want to do that. All right. I am going to shut down the bar here. This has been the last call. You don't have to go home. Uh, But you can't stay here. I'm Brian Zimmerman. Thanks for watching, everyone. So long.